0: Good morning, it's July the 19th and we're reading through the Psalms. We're in Psalm 28, 29, and 30 today in the Old Testament and we're in Acts chapter 21, the first 14 verses. So, short New Testament reading, our Old Testament reading in these three Psalms I hope is helpful to generate a kind of enthusiasm and motivation in your prayer life. And you see the benefits of prayer even playing itself out here in chapter 28, the 20th psalm, you see almost a sense of desperation as you see in so many of these psalms where there's a need for God to step up and a great heartfelt cry that God would intervene. And now that cry for help then transitions by the end of the psalm into a confidence and trust that God is a, the strength of his people, the refuge and shield to his people. And that's just a reminder of how helpful it is for us to lay our request out to God instead of being anxious as Philippians 4 says or as Peter wrote uh, that we would cast our, our uh, cares on him because he cares for us uh, and that that's the idea of that sense of, of putting that onus, that responsibility on God to know that he is uh, capable of dealing with the issues of our lives and of this world, and we trust him. So great call and reminder to prayer in Psalm 28. Psalm 29 is a good definition of worship. It's a call to worship. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name is a good definition of worship. It's a call to worship. It's telling people to do this. But I like that word because it's helpful in remembering what worship is ascribing to God something that is true, something that is worthy of him, something due his name, uh, that is crediting him. We're giving him credit for the things that he does, giving him credit for the things that he is. These attributes of God, um, glory and strength the greatness of God, the magnificence, the majesty of God, these are the kinds of things that we are saying in our Worship, which seems very simple, but that's what it is. To be thankful to God is an expression of our worship because we're ascribing to God responsibility for the good things that have happened, the good things in our life, uh, the good things that He is. Uh, We're ascribing things that do his name, his greatness, his uh, attributes, and that's an endless process, obviously, because God is infinitely good. The more we explore that goodness and understand his greatness, even as we read in Ephesians, to know the breadth, the height, the length, the depth of God's love, there's one attribute, and we understand more of that. It becomes the source of our ascribing to him, crediting him with the good that he is. And so, just a good uh, psalm to make us think about what worship is, and it's a call to worship, and I hope we're obedient to that as he goes on to talk about how the Lord is over these things, his voice is over these things. It's a reference to his uh, sovereignty and his uh, majesty and his transcendence and his involvement uh, even in his creation in in a sovereign way. Psalm 30, superscription may be a bit confusing if you know your biblical history, uh, that it's a psalm of David at the dedication of the temple. You think, well, wait a minute, it was Solomon that made the temple. Well, remember, David took so much time preparing for the establishment of the temple all the way down to collecting the um, construction materials. So we can assume here that if we're talking about the actual structure of the temple, uh, the dedication of that temple, that this was uh, his preparation for that. And in it, he speaks of the discipline that he receives from God, which may be as recent to that time of the establishment of the temple where he actually um, receives the threshing floor in which it's built and that was all a disciplinary action not that he received the property but that he was led to that spot in the middle of the uh, judgment that came on Israel and on David because of the numbering of the troops. So if you know your history, that that just kind of helps put that in place in its biblical context, because it is a bit of an anachronism, as we would say. It's a bit of a uh, statement that seems out of time, out of reference to the right sequence of time. Uh, Anyway, Acts 21, we're dealing with the first 14 verses, which, as I said, is very short, but Paul sets sail to Jerusalem. Uh, Luke gives a lot of detail, which reminds us how much is involved in doing the Lord's work, a lot of detail, a lot of travel. Hagabus um, steps up and talks about Paul's future troubles. And I love the way Paul responds. So I hope we all are. I'm ready not only to have these troubles, to be in prison, but even to give my life for the Lord. And that's a good for us to do as well, to affirm that we're in it no matter what it costs us. Uh, Our community imperative is found in Romans chapter 16, verse 3. He says in this long list of greetings and commendations that he gives in the chapter, he starts uh, after Phoebe, he says, now greet Prisca uh, and Aquila. We know him as Priscilla and Aquila earlier in the book, these tent makers that Paul worked with in Corinth. He says, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risks their risk their necks, interesting idiom there, for my life, I mean, we know what it means, obviously, uh, to whom... Um, Not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. So he calls out the fact that they risk their necks. They risk their lives. They put their lives and safety on the line for the love and service to the Lord and their aid to Paul. So I would put it this way as unconventional and as uh, countercultural as it sounds in our day where we idolize safety and comfort and protection and all the rest, I would put it this way, risk your safety for each other. Risk your safety, right? Not haphazardly jumping off the temple, uh, you know, pinnacle as we see in Matthew 4, that temptation to try God. We're not putting God to the test, but we're saying I'm willing to be uh, put in, in harm's way for the good of God's purpose in in this world and the good of other people, which of course is what our community imperative is all about. So even if you have to risk something, risk your own safety, risk your own life, Uh, for someone else in the body of Christ, if it's for a good and righteous reason, I'm calling you to do that because that's the kind of thing that is hailed as praiseworthy in the scripture. So risk your safety for each other. Uh, That is something we do not to, to test the Lord or not haphazardly, but in the course of loving and caring for the people in the body of Christ. And that's my community imperative for us to consider today. And we'll be back tomorrow as we continue reading through the Bible.